Good morning and welcome to On Fire Radio, brought to you by Catskill Mountain Christian Center, a full gospel family church and Christian academy located at 629 Main Street in beautiful Margaretville, New York. What a great day to go to church. If you don't have a church, come on over to Catskill Mountain Christian Center. We would love for you to be our guest this morning. That's Catskill Mountain Christian Center this morning at 10 o'clock. If you'd like more information about On Fire Radio or Catskill Mountain Christian Center, give us a call at 845-586-4848. I'm Renard Bartow, and I'd like to invite you to join us for the next 30 minutes as we bring you On Fire Radio. Now let's go to Pastor Bob Engelhart with today's message. Now would you please help me welcome Pastor Renard Bartow to the pulpit this morning? So, Paul is stuck there, right? And now I want to pick it up, uh, and it, this, this book I'm about to read to you out of is also in the New Testament. It's the smallest letter, the shortest letter Paul ever wrote. It's only 334 letters, I believe, in the Greek uh, Bible. That's it. And it's from, I don't know how you're going to say it, people are going to say it, I'm going to say it the way I say it, Philemon, Okay? And starting at verse 1, from Paul, a prisoner of the anointed one, Jesus and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our precious friend and companion in this work, to the church that meets in his house along with our dear sister, Apia, and our fellow soldier, Archippus. May God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ pour out his grace and peace upon you. That's the intro, right? Fine. Makes sense. I am always thankful to my God as I remember you in my prayers because I'm hearing reports about your faith in the Lord Jesus and how much love you have for all his holy followers. I pray for you that the faith we share may effectively deepen your understanding of everything, every good thing that belongs to you in Christ. Your love has impacted me and brings me great joy and encouragement for the hearts of the believers have been greatly refreshed through you, dear brother." Even though I have enough boldness in Christ that I could command you to do as proper, I'd much rather make an appeal because of our friendship. So here I am, an old man, a prisoner for Christ, making my loving appeal to you. It is on behalf of my child, whose spiritual father I became while he was here in prison. While here in prison, that is. Onesimus. Formerly, he was not useful or valuable to you, but now he is valuable to both of us. He is my very heart, and I've sent him back to you with this letter. I would have preferred to keep him at my side so that he could take your place as my helper during my imprisonment for the sake of the gospel. However, I did not want to make this decision without your consent, so that your act of kindness would not be a matter of obligation, but out of willingness. Perhaps you could think of it this way. He was separated from you for a short time so that you could have him back forever. So welcome him, no longer as a slave, but more than that, as a dearly loved brother. He is that to me, especially, and how much more so to you, both humanly speaking and in the Lord. 
So if you consider me your friend and partner, accept him the same way you would accept me. And if he has stolen anything from you or owes you anything, just place it on my account. I, Paul, have written these words in my own handwriting. I promise to pay you back everything to say nothing of the fact that you owe me your very self. Yes, my brother, enrich my soul in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. I am writing to you with confidence that you will comply with my request and do even more than what I'm asking. And would you do one more thing for me? Since I'm hoping through your prayers to be restored to you soon, please prepare a guest room for me. Ephrapus, my fellow prisoner in the Anointed One, Jesus uh, sends his greetings of peace to you, and so does Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my companions in this ministry. May the unconditional love of the Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, be with your spirit. Cool, right? So we have the beginning where Paul, you know, that's how you start out every letter, right? You're kind of like, hey, how's it going? What's going on? You know, this is... This is what's happening. I hope things are well with you. All of that stuff. But then it gets interesting. By the way, the, the uh, two other people besides Philemon that Paul mentions um, is uh, Aphia, which I, from what I've gathered, from what all of the scholars seem to think, is that was Philemon's wife. And Archippus was uh, his son. So they were working together as a family, and ostensibly, the early church didn't have church buildings that they were meeting in. They were meeting in people's homes, and Philemon ostensibly was a wealthy man, and they were meeting in his home. So I want to pick it up uh, at verse 4. I'm always thankful to my God as I remember you in my prayers because I'm hearing reports about your faith in the Lord Jesus and how much love you have for all his holy followers. I pray for you that the faith we share may effectively deepen your understanding of every good things that belongs to you in Christ. Your love has impacted me and brings me great joy and encouragement for the heart of the believers have been greatly refreshed through you, dear brother. He was, he was maybe a, a pastor, maybe an elder. For sure he was some sort of a, a church leader at the time. But he was also a slave owner, Right? Because Paul talked about this guy, Onesimus, who we read might have stolen something, but eventually found his way to Rome. So that's interesting. Uh, Philemon lived in, I, I'm going to say it wrong, but I'm going to say Colossae in Asia Minor, which is now Turkey. So that's, so you can kind of, you can kind of see how far he had to go to get Onesimus had to go from Turkey down to Rome. And then Paul, this is, this is where Paul gets a little more interesting. But I, I wanted to point out that this is a church leader, right? This is a, Philemon is a church leader who's having church in his house, who Paul is, by his words, is saying is having a great impact in the community there because it's warming Paul's heart. Paul's excited. All of this is going on, and he's like, man, you're doing a great job. It, it's just, it's making this papa's heart really happy, right? So now it gets interesting in verse 8. Even though I have enough boldness in Christ that I could command you to do what's proper, 
I'd much rather make an appeal because of our friendship. Paul is pulling rank, right? He's saying, I could do this. I don't want to. Instead, I'm gonna, I'm, we're buds, right? So listen, listen to what I, listen to what I got to say. Just, just kind of hear me out here. And he says this, so here I am, an old man, a prisoner for Christ, making my loving appeal to you. How can you deny that, right? How can you deny Paul? Listen, I got to tell you, this is maybe the shortest letter, but it's the most focused and concise. It's so cool when you start unpacking this thing. So here I am, an old man, a prisoner for Christ, making my loving appeal to you. It is on behalf of my child, whose spiritual father I became, while here in prison, that is, Onesimus. He became the spiritual father of Onesimus. Onesimus got saved. Now, think about this. Onesimus was a servant in Philemon's house, right? So Paul and Philemon obviously are buds, so Paul was there a lot. And so was Onesimus. So he must have known what Paul was all about. He must have known, there's no denying that if you see Paul on the road, you're going to know what he's about, right? So the conversation, if you ever talk to pastor, you'll talk about the flower outside for about a nanosecond, and then Jesus shows up in the conversation. That's what pastor does. That's what Paul does. Paul brought Jesus into everything. And if you were anywhere in the room, you heard it. So, I'm just throwing that out there. Formerly, he was not useful or valuable to you, but now he is valuable to both of us. He is my very heart, and I've sent him back to you with this letter. He was not valuable anymore because he ran away. Right? He ran away. He took off. And Paul is saying, listen, I get it. I know he was no value, but now he's of great value because he's one of us. He's flipped it around. He ran away. I get it. What does that say about Onesimus? He went from Turkey to Rome. He must have. Why did he search out Paul? I don't know. Bible doesn't say why he searched him out. Did he search him out because maybe Paul could put a good word in for him? Because you see, at the time... And I'll get into this a little bit later. If you were a slave and you ran away, it was a death penalty. You were cooked. You were done. That's it. No mercy. It's over. Then Paul says this in verse 13. I would have preferred to keep him at my side so he could make your place, so he could take your place as my helper during my imprisonment for the sake of the gospel. However, I did not want to make this decision without your consent so that your act of kindness would not be a matter of obligation but out of willingness. I'm guessing at some point, word must have gotten back to Philemon that Onesimus was with Paul because if they're buds, they're communicating, right? Paul and Philemon are communicating. So at some point, maybe the messenger, who knows, said, hey, Philemon, by the way, Onesimus is with Paul. Okay, just that's me now. Perhaps you could think of it this way. He was separated from you for a short time so that you could have him back forever. Interesting how he turned it around, isn't it? In 
interesting how he turned it around. So welcome him no longer as a slave, but more than that, as a dearly loved brother. He is that to me, especially, and how much more so to you, both humanly speaking and in the Lord. You see, he's no longer a slave, right? There was a, if you look at some of the old law, there was the, the year of Jubilee, right? That was seven years. After seven years, if you had a slave or if you had servants, you could, they were to be released. And if they chose to be your servant, you would take them to the doorpost and pierce their ear and they would, they would, they would now still remain your servant, but they would do it not out of obligation because they're a slave, but they would do it because they love their master and they want to serve their master. So Paul is saying this, don't welcome him as a slave anymore. He's not a slave. You see, he stepped across that. He, he made that change from slave to brother when he said yes to Jesus. He changed his outcome. He modified the rest of his life. He should have been killed. He had nothing to look forward to. He stole from Philemon and ran away. That's two no-nos. And yet Paul is saying, listen, welcome him. I get it. But he did something. He did something. He accepted Jesus, and he's no longer like us and them. He's one of us. Some bullet points I wrote down because that's what I do. Paul wanted to keep Onesimus, but he knew the right thing to do was send him back. He, he, he included, he, at some point, he included Philemon into, into the decision-making process because he said, hey, I, did, I wanted to kind of run this by you. Not out of obligation, but I wanted, to, I wanted you to be my butt in this. So, here's the interesting thing. The relationship between Onesimus and Philemon is now different, right? If you're Philemon, and if you're really in the thing, you're like, wow, that's so cool. He accepted Jesus. All right, I forgive him. I get it. I understand the blood covers a multitude of sins. I'm, I'm, I'm good with it. If you're Onesimus, what are you thinking? You're thinking, man, is this real? You're thinking, am I going to go back and, uh, and lose my head? What's going to happen here? Because he doesn't understand. Listen, I, I was a bad guy. I did bad things. I stole. I ran away. I shouldn't have done that. And now, you're, now you want me to go back to the guy that I did all this to? Hmm. Paul is not stupid, however. Paul did send somebody with him. I forget his name. Tychus, Tychius, something like that. So anyway. So here's the info on, on slavery. Every time the Romans conquered a new province, they added new slaves to the empires. And scholars tell us that in the day of Paul there were far more slaves than Roman citizens because they needed all that work done on all of those things in Rome. In short, slavery was so commonplace and so accepted that no one thought seriously to oppose it. Roman law provided little protection for slaves because they were regarded as property, not as people. Owners could mistreat their slaves and even kill them with little or no re legal retaliation. 
And the law specifically provided that owners could put runaway slaves to death, presumably as a warning to others. So Paul convinced Onesimus that running from his problems wouldn't solve them, and he persuaded him to return. He was running, right? I don't know what happened in Philemon's house. Something happened that Onesimus wasn't too thrilled about. I don't know what it was. But he ran. And not only did he run, but he stole. He's running from his problems. I have run from my problems. I know nobody else in this room has, but I have run from my problems. And I can tell you it's not fun because your problems are always right here waiting for you. They're always over your shoulder. They're always right there. Unless you come to grips with it and deal with it, they're always going to be there. And you're always going to be looking over your shoulder. Always. Just saying. Verse 17 says this. So if you consider me your friend and partner, accept him the same way you would accept me. No guilt there. And if he has stolen anything from you or owes you anything, just place it in my account. I, Paul, have written these words in my own handwritings. I promise to pay you back everything to say nothing of the fact that you owe me your very self. <laughs> Anybody else that we've heard of pay the price for somebody else? Jesus. Jesus paid the price for all of us. Paul is saying, listen, the guy's a bonehead. He did a bonehead thing. Just put it on my account. I'll take care of it. I'll deal with it. I'll, I'm, I'm good with it. Just put it on my account. Jesus said the same thing to us when we were boneheads, when we were running from our problems, and that day we said yes to Jesus, Jesus said to God, I got this. I got this. Put this on my account. Father, put this on my account. It's paid in full. And my, my, the thing I'm wondering about, and I wish I could find out about it, is why? Why did Onesimus run to Paul? Did he run to him, like I mentioned, that he figured maybe he had a way out? Or was he genuinely seeking maybe redemption? He knew he couldn't go back to Philemon, right? because he didn't know what to expect from Philemon, but he knew he could go to Paul. You can't, you know, a lot of times you can't go to the one you wronged. First you got to go and you got to get some advice, right? You got to go see pastor. You got to go see somebody, man, I really did a bonehead thing and I, I really hurt Randy. Pastor, please give me some wisdom. How can I fix this? Maybe that's what Onesimus did. Maybe he ran to Paul saying, I, I got nowhere to go. I'm, I'm stuck here. Man, there's a posse coming. I know. I got, I'm, I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life. What, I need help. And then it's very cool. At the end of this, Paul basically kind of, you know how in the old days the, the they put a seal on the, on the envelope. That's what Paul does here with this statement. He says, oh, and by the way, you owe me your very self. Right? That's like, 
Okay, that's a done deal. And when Jesus, when we read in the Bible and we're like, Lord, I can't do that. That's too hard. No, no, no. I can't tell that. I can't give that. I can't go there. Jesus said, hang on a second. You owe me your very life. You're saying 10% is not worth what I did for you? You're saying not feeding that person is not worth what I did for you? Wait, let me understand this. You're saying that my death and resurrection wasn't enough for you? That's what Paul does here. He says, oh, by the way, listen, man, if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't have nothing. No Jesus, no life, nothing. Because it all comes from him anyway. And I was just a connector for you. I think this is so cool. So Paul continues in verse 20. Yes, my brother, enrich my soul in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. I'm writing to you with confidence that you will comply with my request and do, ev do even more than what I'm asking. <laughs> right? I mean, come on. Paul is so cool. Ah, my dear friend Paul, yes. So Paul asked Philemon to be a friend to Onesimus. For perhaps this is why he has separated for a brief time. Why he's, he's, maybe he just sent him to me so I could maybe clean him up, straighten him out, and now I can send him back to you. I don't know, but I only had him for a little time. I did the hard stuff. Now he's coming back and he's going to be with you forever. Hey, Father God, I did the hard stuff. What did you do, Jesus? Well, I died. And I, I, I went through that. But then I rose from the dead. And I did the hard stuff. And I did the hard stuff for Bob. And I did the hard stuff for Dee and, and Jose. And I did the hard stuff. You don't have to do anything. All you got to do is just accept. It's covered. I did it. Why did Onesimus run to Paul? Why, why is it that when we, as Christians, when we mess up, why do we run to Jesus? Or we should be running to Jesus, right? We do it because we know that it'll get fixed. You know, when, do you remember on, we just celebrated Easter on, on, uh, on that resurrection day, John and Peter. Now, I'm guessing Peter was a little out of shape, more like me, and Joe is John, and Joe is way ahead of me, and he gets to the tomb first, right? But he waited outside, right? Bible says John waited outside, but Peter just was like, I got to go in there. But Peter went in there, and he just, a couple of days ago, denied Jesus three times. He's nuts. Why would you even show your face? Can you imagine Jesus looking over at you at when that cock crows and how Peter felt? But he ran right into that tomb because he knew where to run to. He knew where it was going to get fixed. He knew that there was the answer. 
He knew that whatever he needed, whatever he did before, would get fixed. That's why he ran in there. And I'm, I'm, I'm trusting that Onesimus ran there because he knew that Paul had something that could fix him. Hurting people are everywhere. We always say, oh, you know, he's hit bottom or she's hit bottom or can they go any further down? And, you know, whoa, is there, is, there, is there no end to their depravity? We say those things. They can be minor, they can be major. You name it, I don't have to tell you the litany of things that could happen. Um, or maybe it's because of just a change in circumstances in their lives. Maybe they're not drug abusers or human traffickers or murderers or maybe just the circumstance has changed in their life and they're hurting. Job change. Maybe they got bumped down in salary because of COVID. Who knows? But they're hurting. What do we do? How do we, how do we respond to that? Inigo Montoya said this. He said, let me explain. No, too much. Let me sum up. So that's what I'm going to do. So Paul, he was the apostle. He was in Rome. Philemon was a Christian slave owner who was leading a home church back in what's now Turkey or Colosseum. Clearly a close friend of Paul because they were buds. They hung together all the time. Onesimus was a runaway slave who stole from Philemon, came to Rome where he met Paul and who led him to Christ. So that's basically what I want to talk about right now. Paul had a converted slave on his hands. What could he do with this guy? He kept him close. Right? He said, look, I've kept him for a while. I wanted to keep him so he could serve me like you have served me, Philemon. But no, i got to send him back. So he sends him back. But I think, I think the most important thing in, 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 this, in this little thing, the story, is that Paul made certain to explain everything to Philemon, right? He's like, look, I want you to understand. And I know I'm, I'm very guilty of standing on the outside and seeing something go down. I can't tell you how many airports I've been at. The flight's canceled, delayed, people are screaming. I don't know the drama that they got, but I know in my mind I'm saying, can't you control yourself? I don't know the drama. We don't know the drama that somebody else is going through. We don't know what life has brought them to this point. We don't know what's going on. So Paul is making a point to tell Philemon before he takes this guy and lops off his head and says, listen, I want you to know what has happened here. I want you to understand. Because he didn't want Philemon to judge this guy by what he did. He wanted Philemon to see this guy because of his look through the, the lens and see Jesus, not the stolen property, not the runaway, 
but see Jesus. That's what Paul was trying to do. That's what Paul was trying to do. He appealed to him as a brother. He appealed to him as a friend. He appealed to Philemon as, as everything he could... If you look at it, he went down the list, and then finally at the end, he, he put that stamp that I was talking about, and he said, oh, by the way. But he did everything in order to make sure that Philemon understood how serious Paul was about Onesimus. <laughs> I wrote this. This letter reminds us that Jesus has the power to heal hurting hearts and put people back on their feet again. And it's up to us to be the link to that power. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that God has used this message to minister to you. If you would like to help financially support the work of Catholic Mountain Christian Center, you can go to our website and give at www.cmcconline.org. There you'll find options how to give online safely and securely. And to find out more about Catskill Mountain Christian Center, you can follow us on all of our social media platforms. You can follow the handle at CMCC Church at Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also head over to our website at www.cmcconline.org. And on behalf of Pastor Bob Englehart and everyone here at Catskill Mountain Christian Center, this is Jake Johnson signing off. God bless, and thank you for joining us this morning.